0: God, this, this morning, my goodness, hallelujah, 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 and I really appreciate you bringing that, this other battery here, I knew this was a new one, so when, when this one begins to run out, I'll put this one in, when i preach. it's going to be one of those sermons, you know what I mean, I got a spare battery, and I know how to use it, <laughs> praise the Lord, no, I don't plan on holding you too long. I'm glad that you're here this morning. I'm glad that you were able to work it in your schedule to be here. I know I know that uh, Labor Day weekend is the reunion the time of the year for folks and families are getting together a reunion. Some are traveling. And it's that last bit of effort to squeeze in some free time until when the kids are really anchored in school and concreted in. And your schedule gets a little bit more... Uh, More concrete, more solid. And so we just haven't you, haven't we had a great summer? Great, great summer. Somebody turn your neighbor and say, you know, uh, come on, somebody turn your neighbor and say, man, it's been a great summer. And it ain't over yet. Not really officially, not until later on. This month, but but summer still here. But what a wonderful summer we've had! God's been moving in such a powerful way, glorious. We had one of the greatest revivals I think this church has had in quite some time—a move of God and the Word of God—and with Matt Matt Hartley, and, and and just even other moves of God with just pausing, waiting on the presence of God, and you just see the wave and the move of the Spirit. And I thank God for it. I thank God for it. I like to preach this morning on above on above I'm going to be reading from Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 through 3 taking that as a text and moving through some scriptures and thoughts above above isn't it wonderful things that we can anticipate things from above above means above it's not where we're presently at it's above us I think it's a wonderful thing to know that we have eternal life through Jesus Christ and that we have a hope. I think in the in uh, Hebrews calls it, the or John calls it, it's the hope as far as this eternal life in Christ and uh, eternal life in heaven, that heaven is a hope that purifies us. And so it, naturally it's a good thing to think about heaven. But I pray this morning what I share with you is something a little bit more not, not just in, in that level, though, I tell you, we could talk about heaven for weeks upon weeks. You know, it's it's that good. And we do need to get encouraged with the fact that there's a place that we're going to one day that the Lord's prepared for us that where he is, we will be also. That life is not everything that happens here on this planet. But God's got a plan for us for eternity. He loves us that much that he wants to hang out with us forever. I don't have a friend on this planet that's really like that. That wants to hang out with me forever and forever and forever. No, usually it's kind of, you know, hey, it's good. We spent some good time together. Let's have a little break here. You know, I need a little break. But God says, no, forever I want you with me. In a life that's without struggle and heaven, my goodness, the descriptions throughout the Word of God, maybe one day I'll preach about heaven and preach about hell. Uh, They're real places, aren't they? They are real, real places. And so, but this morning I want us to kind of maybe grab something a little bit different besides just thinking about our eternal life in heaven. That is above but the Lord wants us to see something else that I think also is applicable to our life today. And us, we as being Christians, need as much word and as much of the Lord in our life as we could possibly handle. For the Lord's promises are good, and, and you can rely on them. And so I, I want to give you some promise this morning. I want to give you some encouragement this morning. And you thought I was going to talk about working hard, taking a break on Labor Day, though that is good, it, hey, I could preach about the Sabbath, I could preach about taking easy, and, and tomorrow's Labor Day, but I, I just felt led of God, just, I actually to tell you the truth, in my reading, this scripture got a hold of me, and I can't, couldn't really quite let go of it, so now you're going to get it, so it's, uh, will you pray with me right now, because I, I'm nothing within myself, I learned that a long time ago. I learned a long time ago in my youth and my childhood days, I stuttered so bad that people couldn't understand the things that I was saying. But God ministered to me and God set me free. It was something more than just speech therapy. It It was something that God put a confidence in me that only he can do it. Because I went through all the therapy and everything, and, I, you know, it's just, I was just borderline, maybe even being able to put in a special class It's because of my inability to communicate in, in a clear way. It, it created frustration. It brought, you know, hardship on me. I had anxiety going on in my life anyway, and the stuff as a child. And, and, and the devil just tried to put it on me and said, here, you're going to keep it for the rest of your life. But I think my grandfather, though he was backslidden preacher at the time, he had a word from God. He said, you know, God's going to, one of my grandsons are going to go into the ministry. And I'm the, I'm the youngest of the four. And um, he thought it was everybody else. I guess I was Samuel out in the field, you know, or David out in the field. And Samuel just, you know, didn't realize there is a smelly little boy that's out in the field that knows nothing but sheep and knows how to just wait on God, and, and God ended up calling me in the ministry. He went on, and my grandfather passed away when I was 16 years old, and God called me in the ministry shortly after that. And it just, it just, I think about it. I've got his credentials on my wall, the General Baptist Church, and he and Grandma, and he in the water baptizing people. It's on my wall, and I had that because my mom thought I should have that, and. And so I have, as a reminder of of that, but as far as in ministry preaching, I'm really'm I'm first I'm first generation, church of God. Some people brag about you know being third, fourth generation. Well, I'm just I'm at the start, and Lord help us. Lord helps the gener- I mean, now Mike is second generation, but it's like, Lord, help us. let me get back on the message. Let me ask you, if you would, just stretch your hand forward, right hand toward me, and pray that God will use this message this morning father in the name of jesus christ lord we just now ease into your word and we set ourselves back lord to hear what the spirit says to us lord i believe lord there are those here today who are struggling go through warfare and go through hard times there are those who are even maybe beginning to doubt their faith and begin to wonder what to do and some in this room even feel like that they're a spiritual punching bag and at the end, is just taking advantage of them. But now, Lord, we receive your word. And let us see a truth and be blessed by it. We receive it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Colossians 3, 1 through 3, in the New King James Version. If then you were raised with Christ. You know, he's, he's talking to a particular people. Those who've been raised with Christ. Anybody in been raised with Christ? Seek those things which are above where Christ, Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Now there are commas as though pauses there in that sentence, but if we could remove the commas, it would be, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. God looks at us and the devil comes our way and God says, I got this. I got you. Don't you think if he's got you, he's got that, he's got this, he's got whatever's going on. If he's got you, he's got everything that comes in with the package deal. When my wife married me, she had to put up with all my baggage i had some things i brought up from home that i kept were keepsakes but she had to she had to take care of that stuff that kind of identified me and made me all my uh you know good stuff you know she got nothing but the good stuff that's i mean that's all i can say but in honesty with the holy ghost prompting me to be honest and sincere and not be a liar she had to also had to put up with the my, some of my um unwanted baggage that was in my life but in the acceptance when she accepted me we all came in together as a couple and God has taken us but the thing is God's helped us in our marriage because we've been hidden in Christ God's going to take you because you're hidden in Christ don't you dare think that it's up to you to handle everything and work out everything if anything what happens uh, we just think we need to figure this out it's kind of like we're telling God God ah, I got this God I got this. And God sits back and he says, okay, you go ahead and handle it. You go ahead. You go do your thing. I'll be right here when you need me. And usually what happens, we try to handle it, and we're overcome and overwhelmed and filled with fear and say, oh, God. And God says, here I am. And we learn through the process of knowing that we can do all things through Christ, which strengthens us. You see, we need him. Quit pushing Christ out of your life. Quit trying to think, well, I'm going to take care of my future, and I'm going to do this, and I'll just put like Jesus on the shelf, like elf on the shelf. He just sits there and watches whether or not you're going to be good, whatever. But Jesus is not elf on the shelf. Jesus is Lord of your heart, your life, your home, everything about you. As a matter of fact, he says, I want to envelop you, and I want to hide you in me. And keep you in me. Oh, turn your neighbor and say, I am well kept. I am well kept, you know. Well kept. I've been watching some old reruns of The Crown. I kind of like that drama. I kind of like that. And it's really interesting because some of the parallels of being crowned, she was just crowned queen in the episode. I just saw it. And all the things that go through in the format and the anointing that she received, quite a stirring example of being anointed, touched and anointed by God, a very kind of spiritual moment at the time. And, and so, but I, I watch an episode now. see all these people, you know, that that have, they speak so well, you know, it's just so proper, so good, so English and British, you know, it's just, it's just so good. But the thing is, it's kind of like they're, they've been kept from certain things of the world but they got their own things they got to deal with but the thing is the lord says i'm going to keep you and when i keep you i'm going to keep you well i wasn't going to preach on that that's just something that popped up there here we go if you then if then you were raised with christ seek those things which are above where christ is sitting at the right hand of god I've, I've, I've heard this so much, and set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. This entire message is from the Apostle Paul to those who have been raised with Christ. That includes us. And those who know how it is to pass from death into, unto life. How many here used to be dead, now you're alive. How many here are semi-alive? Well, the Lord said you can really be alive tonight, today, you know. You don't have to be semi-alive. But you're alive, you're dead to sin and trespasses and alive in Christ, buried in Him and risen in Him in victory. Those, you know what, all of us, we understand those who have passed from death into life, those whose faces were pressed to the ground with sin and bondage and defeat. Those who were so low with guilt and shame and should be judged for the crimes that they committed against God. But they are, we have been raised up with Christ. Let me tell you, it was a shared victory. A shared victory. Above is where it all begins. It begins above. Our relationship with God begins above our salvation, everything, because uh, the conviction we received when sin came from above. The Holy Spirit regeneration flowed from above into our life and regenerated us. We didn't seek God out, but he made the first move. He sought us out and brought us out and lifted us up out. It's God that starts from above and from heaven. Can I get a witness this morning? Somebody agree with me this morning? And above, above. I've heard that mentioned so much, and it's been the great message of heaven. And when we all make it into heaven, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Well, let me tell you, Let me tell you, you don't have to wait till you get there. You can shout, sing and shout the victory right now. And this is what this verse is all about. It's not all about, well, when you die, you're going to make it into heaven and see God's glory. Do you know why that message is not the, the, it's not the only mainstream message in scripture? Because humans have a tendency to become religious. Humans have a tendency to become religious where they'll create and live their life and they think in their mind, well, I'll call out to God right before I die so I can make it into heaven. And you see what a waste. You see how the kingdom will get nowhere with individuals with that mindset to go and live like the devil and think they're still saved or will cry out to God at the very last moment. And they'll be saved, and then it's all okay, it's all good. No, when Christ came, he came to set the world on fire. He came to create and birth a church and a kingdom on this earth. He came so that he could make disciples and that we move forward and this thing would catch on and catch on so much that the whole world would hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and that the whole world would be saved. Not the the hope hope and maybe hope I make it people. No, the people who've discovered and realized that they have set their affections on things above. You know what's above? I'll tell you what's above, heaven's above, but it's a little bit more than that. What's above is the Son of God who reigns eternal, sitting on his throne so that you and I might be able to walk and talk and live and abide and operate under the authority of that throne. That's why, that's what Paul was talking about, you know. In other words, above, you know. Not only are we looking forward to heaven, we're looking directly at Jesus who's sitting on his throne. We're turning to the one who was victorious, the one who made it, the one when he sat down, you and I sat down in the seat of his authority. He's given us authority. And then he, he says, and, and Paul says, he says, in doing so, encourages the saints in Colossae and to us to set their affections and thoughts on Christ. Oh, heaven. I'll tell you what, heaven is some place I'm looking forward to, and I'm going there, and I thank God I'm going there. And it's, it's a place you can't hardly describe. But it's just so, it's, you know, unspeakable and full of glory. It's just, it's so great and glorious. But more than that, when I am sick in my body, when I'm facing all of hell with fear and and anxiety and stress, when the whole world seems to be against me and I'm by myself, I feel like I'm by myself and though I'm being enveloped by darkness all of a sudden, I cry out the name Jesus and I Get up and realize that I'm in a seat of authority through Christ, and that we're more than conquerors through Him that love us. Quit being the, the devil's uh, 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 a whipping boy or or the one he picks on. You make a decision and say, God for me. It's God for me. Nobody can be against me. That greater is He that is within me than He that is in the world. I take the authority because heaven. And gave it to me that's why you need to say heaven gave me Jesus gave me the authority now something about authority you've got to realize authority is not what you say it's how you live you know authority is not in what you say but how you live because if you live in accordance with Christ, looking unto Christ, and seeing him, and, and looking up above to him, and living your life to his instructions and his guidance, then you'll live a life that's pleasing him. Therefore, you're free to walk in his authority. You don't have to be afraid of it. You know what bothers me this time of year on the television? Here comes the commercial for the horror movies. I don't know about you, but some of the ones I kind of knew about back in the 70s, yeah, it's been a long time ago. I quit watching them a long time ago. But back in the 70s, it seemed like the ones who really, really got it were priests. You know, the religious man tried to do it. Next thing you know, he's being barbecued or being skewered or glass is falling on top of him or something. It's always, it's always the person of God getting it and how many here knows that's a lie of the devil you need to, you need to feed on things that's pure and holy you need to stay away from stuff that gives you a mindset and I've, one time I prayed for a little child one time the parents were so concerned because the, the little girl was having nightmares I said what are you watching they told me what they're watching I said oh my gosh you're feeding information into her the stuff that's lingering in her mind But if we set our affections on things above, putting our mind toward heaven and Christ, then you're not going to be afraid of these things because greater is he that is within us than he that is in the world. Glory to God. Let me go on here a little bit more. Above. Paul seems to be telling the Colossians in that chapter that it's possible for a christian to become too earthly-minded to be of any heavenly good sometimes you just gotta stop some stuff and then open up the door for christ to do some stuff in your life can't get an amen out of that a christian is not ruined by living in the world but by the world living in them. Not only is there a shared victory when Christ rose from the dead and then ascended up into heaven and sit at the right hand of the Father, seated in authority. Not only is there a shared victory, but there's also a shared authority that He gives us. That's why Paul admonishes the Colossians and through the inspiration of Scripture admonishes you and I that in verse 2, set your minds on things above and not on earthly things. Set your mind on things above is key to fulfillment. That we do that. Did you know that? How many here knows the word anthropology? The study of man. Anthropos is a Greek word used that now in modern Greek or current Greek it just refers to as person. But anthropos actually is two words combined together, two words from the ancient Greek brought in to combine and make the word anthropos. You know what an, an, anthropos means? Listen to this. This is true. This is ancient Greek. What the word, those two words brought together, what it really means? It means in the ancient Greek, the up-looking ones. Oh, come on now. Somebody ought get this. You know what I'm saying? Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. The upward looking above and not down here on earth. I, I found myself wanting less and less information about what's going on in the world. Because all it did, it got me thinking about the world. I know the problem with the world. I know the problem with our government. I know the problem of across this world and pro- across all governments and all nations. The problem is they need Jesus. They need God. They need the Lord. And we need to look toward above. Look above and not down here on earth. To set our minds on things above and not on earthly things. While we start looking at earthly things, we're just as bad as Peter trying to walk on the water. When Jesus told him to do so, he did it on the word of Jesus. But then when he got his eyes off the Lord and looked around in the water, he began to sink. That's exactly a, an analogy of our spiritual life. We get our eyes off of Jesus and get our eyes on all other things. And before you know it, all other things are just going to gobble you up. You're going to disappear in a sea of chaos and despair. Some of us deal with depression. Some of you may be dealing with depression now. I'll give you the answer. Leave the world out and let Jesus come in. Let Jesus Christ begin to minister to you and give you peace. I'm not telling you to ignore doctors if you have a clinical problem, but I am telling you that every human being's experienced depression sometime in their life. It just happens. Can I get an amen? Now? That's a scientific proven fact. But the fact is, how do you keep going? i tell you how you keep going. You turn to Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith. In Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2, the Bible says, Looking unto Jesus. The author and finisher of our faith. That Greek word of looking onto is literally a word that's saying you get your eyes off of one thing and then look unto Jesus. You need to get your eyes off of that one thing and get your eyes on Jesus. You get your eyes off of, remove your eyes off of despair and financial stress and, and all these problems and issues and, and loneliness and despair and, 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 and doubt and get your get your eyes. I almost got that second battery. Get your eyes on Jesus Christ. For He is the author. Oh, He's the starter, and He's the finisher. He got it started and he's gonna finish it up hallelujah and you know where we're gonna finish we're gonna finish around the throne of Christ and in his authority and glorify him for the authority that he gave us on earth to overcome the devil hallelujah 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 well how do you keep from sinning you get your eyes on Jesus the Bible says, shun all of appearance of evil. Don't set yourself up for failure. You, an alcoholic, don't go to the bar. Oh. Besides, I tell you what, what you get out of the bar ain't going to really be what you're looking for at all. Just a whole lot of sorrow and confusion, and you might end up walking out of there with some baggage. That you don't need, and then Jesus looks and says, "I didn't tell you to do that. I didn't tell you to go and do that. I didn't tell you to go hook up with that person. I didn't tell you. See, we need to keep our eyes upon the Lord. You, you students and and folks of a younger generation, you single folks, which is really weird. The weird, the world is really weird. Maybe I'm weird. That's okay. If I'm not like the world, I'll keep on being weird." But the fact is, 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 is this the word? You know, social media says they declare someone being single. Now, how can someone be single if they've never been married? But they've been hooked up with someone. And they didn't list themselves as being single. Honey, you've been single from the very beginning. You, only time you are married is when you are married. <laughs> then you're not single anymore, okay? There are people living together that are still single. There's no unity in God. They don't have their eyes on Jesus. If they did, they wouldn't live in that condition. For the Lord says, I want to bless you. I'm for you. I'm not against you. That's what you get out of Jesus. When we walk toward him in sin and in conviction, do you know what he does? When we approach him, he says, you know what? I forgive you. Now just don't go. Just don't sin anymore. You're forgiven. I'm for you. I'm not against you. God is for relationships between a man and woman. But unless we walk according to his principles and his word, you are following after the world and you're not following after God. That sounds like hard stuff and elementary. You know what the problem is? We have wandered so far. Churches have wandered so far from the faith. That they've ignored the simple teachings and doctrine of Scripture. Allowing culture to dictate. You know who dictates who leads me and guides you and I? It's Jesus Christ. It's not what's happening in any of our big cities on the coast. But it's Jesus Christ that begins to lead us into the culture we need to live into. Living into the culture of Jesus and Him. That's what matters. All right. Hebrews 12 and 2. I said, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let's go a little bit more scripture. Now, see about closing, if the Bible will let me. You ever talk to your wife or husband? And you're, you're looking at the Bible and all of a sudden next you know something that's just been a little talk because the Bible is involved in Scripture and you read it and you're finding, you discover it and discuss. You've carried on a, almost over a half-hour conversation because of the Word. In Ephesians three ten through 11, in the New Living Translation, God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Christ Jesus, our Lord. In Ephesians 1, 17 through 23... Asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom. Paul, this is his prayer. He's praying for the Ephesians. You, you Give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you may grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called. His holy people who are rich and glorious inheritance. Are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power, or leader, or anything else. Not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. I like that benefit. And the church is his body and is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. Matthew 28, 18 and 19, Jesus came and told his disciples, this was his last words to them before he ascended into heaven. He told them this, I have been given all authority In heaven and earth and on earth, therefore go. My authority I give to you. And he says, Go. Go. Go 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 go. Now he he explains to go make disciples, baptizing them in the name of Father, Son, Holy Ghost. But really the command, the simple command is go. Go in the authority that He is given. For you and I to look above as Paul instructed in the Colossian church that we set our minds on things above and not on earth. That we go and realize Christ is seated in the seat of authority and we have authority over the enemy and we have authority over anything that rises up against the name of the Lord. Anything that rises up against the name of the Lord. If temptation comes your way, then you rebuke it in the name of Jesus Christ and allow him to be the focus of your life. If you're feeling weak and that you feel like you're gonna be defeated and if you don't think you can beat this thing, then baby, run, run, run away from that thing, run away from that situation, get away and get with God and let God give you strength and let Jesus be the head of your life. Yeah. Just get away from it. The Lord's given us power and authority to overcome everything. Luke 10 and 19 says, Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. Someone say, All. Uh, it didn't say, Look, I've given you authority over some of the power of the enemy. He said, All the power of the enemy. And. You can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. God has given us authority and power. Authority is really important because if you find in the gospel the times when Christ was going to cast someone who was demon possessed, who hung out at the synagogue, had been in the synagogue for a long time, but seemed like to me the church didn't do anything about him. There are churches that are powerless because Christ is not the center. There are people who, are, who can even be demon-possessed and be in a church and nobody does anything about it. And they, if anything, they become used to it. Oh, the guy's carrying on and making seem, Ah, well, we just get used to that. He's living this way. Oh, well, we'll just ignore that and get used to that. And the reason why Jesus came in and Jesus had the authority and command the spirits come out of him, the Pharisees called him Jesus of Nazareth. They wanted to make him a man, instead of being God. They said Jesus of Nazareth, and then they also they asked him by what after he casts out the demons. Says by what authority do you do these things? You know what the world, the church needs a shaking up where the world will look and see, oh my gosh, there's something powerful that's happening in the body of Christ and in that gathering, so that the demons will not be able to be entertained, but they will cry out, and they will leave in the name of Jesus Christ if we live in authority in him. Listen, it's not what we say, it's how we live. And that's why we're tempted so much and the devil tempts us and he tries to tear us down because he wants to tear down how you live. So you won't have any authority. But if Christ is the head and you're under Christ and you have the authority to speak things and to speak against and to cast out demons and that God gives you authority in this world. But it's called Christ. I mean, it's, it's called Colossians 3. It's because of above and not down below here. It's because of of above that in Colossians 3, verse 1 if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. We need, I'm glad he's on the throne. I'm glad he's on the throne. Are you glad he's on the throne? Aren't you glad that that he's given us authority through him? That we've been raised from death into life, and the life we have in him, and we've been hidden in God. The fact is, is that he is now sitting at the right hand of the Father. We know he makes intercession for us, but as long as long as he sits there, we have his authority. We have his authority, and that's forever, forever. How many here want to walk in the power and the might of the Lord and in authority? How many here don't want to be pushed around anymore by the world and by fear and, and doubts and stuff going around you? Feel like you're over- I'm telling you what, Jesus Christ has given you authority. He's given us victory. Amen. Hallelujah. Not only do we have, according to Colossians, a shared victory, but a shared authority in Christ Jesus. Would you stand with me? Tell you what the Lord spoke to me about. He said, I'll tell you what, he said, just let people come up that are really needing in this moment some of spiritual authority. Those who are tired of being pushed down and pushed around. I was telling Debbie Mueller, I said, you know, I tried to do a search online. Maybe some of you, if you get it, you can send me a message. I did a search trying to find out how many times did Barney Five turn in his badge? The Andy. A lot of times. I, I mean, all I got was Wikipedia and different stuff. Nobody really, they just took me down a rabbit's trail all about Mayberry and everything. But I, I never did get that answered. So if you get that, will you please let me know and send it to me? It might be in a future sermon. But you know, Barney Five... You know, he, he was like, you know, Andy was like this German shepherd and Barney was a chihuahua, you know, just kind of nervous chihuahua guy. You know, he'd get nervous when he trying to do, he he gives gun and he'd be shaking. But what really made Barney was the fact that he had the consoler named Andy that kind of talked him off the ledge and helped him out on the guiding, you know, I wish I could pastor sometimes like Andy, you know. Well, it's okay. You know, I, I'm more or less, I get worked up a little bit, but wish I'd just be that calm and good and be able to work it out. But one thing about Barney was that how could that guy get anybody to listen to him? Well, just simply it's because he had a badge. And on that badge read Mayberry and the authority he had to be able to stand against the criminals, of course, he had the backup of Andy. We all have backup in here, you know. We're not alone. You're not in this by yourself, you know. You got a whole big bunch of people who realize they're walking the authority of Christ and stand with you. And and somehow or another, some of us are about ready. Where we have maybe some of us have already turned in their badge. Say that's that's it. The truth was is that we're powerful because we have the kingdom of heaven written on our badge. Demons tremble because they see the badge and the kingdom and they see a name on there that is above every name, Jesus. Hmm. And the Lord says, I want you to wear and to be and to live in my authority and not quit. You know, in the Bible, in the book of Leviticus, there are 28 seasons mentioned to do something. A time for this and a time for that love. But there's never been, there's not in the Bible in Leviticus Leviticus that says a time to quit. Wow! Don't quit. You have the authority. God will give you the authority through Jesus Christ. Why? Because we're looking above. We're not looking down below, but we're looking above to Jesus Christ, our authority. Now, I I just believe that there are some folks here that you're facing some things, and we'd like to pray with you, stand with you. And the Lord wants to affirm to you the authority He's given you. Because you've had some stuff come against you, some stuff hammering you some pressure, some issues, and and the devil's making it. He's messing with your spiritual life. And he has no place doing that. Oh, he does that stuff, but it should not touch us. We have authority over him in Jesus' name. Go ahead, worship team, sing a little bit. And if you'd like to come up for prayer, I'd like to pray for you. Some folks like to pray with you and stand with you. But if you feel like you're being beat up and stuff going on, you don't think you can make it, or even you feel like that that you're facing stuff you can't deal with. But you're ready to turn to God and let God deal with it. Let the Lord do something. Now's the moment in time. Don't wait till tomorrow. Now's the moment. Now's the time. The Lord is moving in this very moment. Go ahead and sing a little bit, my worship team, if you would, guys, and just sing just a little bit and then we're gonna we're gonna pray. But I want you to come up. The Lord's speaking, you just come on up. Come up. Our God. Yes, He's great.
1: Sing with me great. great. Come on, why don't you bring
0: that is that is stuff our our up with you and say, "Lord, in Jesus' name, I'm oh, I'm going to live in the authority of Christ. Great. I'm not going to be defeated anymore. I'm not going to be pushed around anymore. Is I'm not going to be challenged anymore in this. But in Jesus' name, I I claim my authority in the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, Hallelujah sing with me
1: how great is our god oh see how great
0: how great is our god come on there's some more folks god's speaking to you just come on won't you bring it up and say in the name of jesus i have authority and i believe just stand together some folks want, to come on up, that's it. Some of you have been dealing with issues for fear, anxiety, struggles. Without doubt hallelujah. Hallelujah,
1: hallelujah. You are worth name above all names he's the name above all names you are worthy of all praise and my heart will sing how great is our God how great How great is our God? Sing with me how great is our God. Oh see how great, how great is our God? How great. How great How great. ¡Gracias! No. name above, above all names uh, you are worthy uh, of all praise somebody, and my please. heart will sing, how, how, great great sing great. how great is our God how great is our God Our God, oh, see how great, how great.